0: Um, from the heart of our nation's capital here's family research council president tony perkins
1: well hello everyone and welcome to washington watch i know it's friday and i'm not normally here but i've been out the last three days with my uh, senior leadership team at frc on a planning retreat and um, my thanks to joseph back home for uh, filling in For me, so I want to be here Friday because a lot happening. In fact, we've got an information-filled program today for you, along with some action items, especially for our listeners in Missouri. First, more information coming out of Ukraine.
2: What Russia has done to the city of Mariupol over the course of weeks now uh, is heartbreaking, and some of the most chilling images that we've seen emanate from this war. uh, Some of the accounts that are likely to constitute war crimes have emanated from uh, Mariupol.
1: That was State Department spokesman Ned Price. President Biden responded yesterday with a pledge of more military support. Today, I'm announcing another $800 million to further augment Ukraine's ability to fight in the east in the Donbass region. Is the Biden administration being aggressive enough? How is our response being seen on the international stage? We'll talk with former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo in just a moment. And is it finally happening? Big business has been pushing the left's social policy for years, including now their green agenda. The Business Roundtable has endorsed the left's carbon tax, which would further drive up the cost of energy derived from fossil fuels. Now, this is to give green energy a competitive advantage. This is just the latest push by big business to advance costly policy goals of the left. Are Republicans ready to break with them? We'll talk with one of the lawmakers who has put the group on notice. House Republican Whip Steve Scalise joins us later. Speaking of Republicans finally coming to terms with woke corporate America, Florida lawmakers are poised to take away a little of the magic created by government perks for Disney World after the entertainment giant decided to oppose the state's parental rights and education law. Big business has... uh, Long look to free market Republicans for favorable tax policies and regulations, but will they now have to rely on the left? We'll talk, with, uh, we'll talk about corporate America, how they got into this fix, and what the future of the GOP and big business looks like with former Congressman Dave Bratt, now dean at Liberty School of Business. And speaking of the left's social policies...
0: Those that are supporting this bill, they're supporting a bill that legalizes the termination of a born child, a child that is now beyond the age of debate. Is it life or is it a blob or is it whatever? This is a living, breathing child.
1: That was Pastor Jack Hibbs from Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills in California, testifying against Assembly Bill 2223 in California, which could effectively legalize the killing of babies After birth, Pastor Hibbs led a rally of over 3,000 people in Sacramento prior to his testimony. He joins us with details a little later. And finally, FRC policy team has been on the ground in Missouri helping to advance the Missouri SAFE Act, which would prohibit medical and surgical gender transition procedures on minors. We'll get an update from Arkansas State Representative Robin Lundstrom, who has been in the Show Me State, helping show legislators the way forward and protecting children. All of that and more coming up on this edition of Washington Watch. If you miss anything, it's all archived at TonyPerkins.com. Our verse for today, coming from our Stand on the Word Bible reading plan, is from Joshua 14. And Caleb said to him, that being Joshua, And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. Caleb, like Joshua, wholly followed the Lord. And look who was left at the end of their generation, just the two of them. They were faithful to God, and God was faithful to them. Both of them took on one of their most significant assignments when most people are looking for cemetery plots. Caleb lived waiting for the fulfillment of God's promise with anticipation, and that anticipation had him in preparation. He said, I am as strong as I was the day Moses sent me to spy out the land. And I think that was not just physical, but it was mental and spiritual as well. I invite you to join us in our two-year Bible reading plan. Go to frc.org slash Bible. You can also join me Monday through Friday at 844 a.m. Eastern time for a daily devotional based upon our reading plan. You can find it either at TonyPerkins.com or on my Facebook page. Russian President Vladimir Putin is claiming victory in the Ukrainian city of Mariupol, but Pentagon spokesman John Kirby said today that the U.S. believes Mariupol is contested Kirby reportedly told CNN that the U.S. assessment is still that the city hasn't been taken by the Russians and that there's still active Ukrainian resistance. Joining me now to give his assessment on the current situation and not only what's happening in Ukraine, but really on the international stage is former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Mr. Secretary, welcome back to the program.
3: Great to be with you, Tony. Thanks for having me back on today.
1: Well, it's always good to see you, and uh, I, I, I can only imagine what is going through your mind as you're looking at these events unfolding and you're, I mean, you, you cannot help but be drawn into this because of the role that you played as not only Secretary of State, but prior to that as the, uh, the head of the CIA. Is the administration being aggressive enough in our response to what we now know is unfolding before us?
3: Well, Tony, these images that we've all now seen are horrific. What Vladimir Putin has done is uh, among the among the greatest war crimes we have seen in in most of our adult lives. Uh, that that is for sure. Uh, it's why we worked so hard for four years, uh, and I worked so hard as America's Secretary of State to help the Ukrainians be ready. I I remember being down in that region, in the Donbas region, when I was CIA director. Uh, our teams, our CIA teams, were training. Ukrainian special operators in the region for exactly this day. We didn't know when it was happened, and we worked to make sure that it wouldn't happen to deter Vladimir Putin from precisely this. I've, I've watched the Biden administration, and while all of the blame rests with Vladimir Putin, we could have done so much more. We could have provided weapon systems earlier. Think of September and October of last year when everybody knew that Putin was preparing for this invasion. We could have provided the right systems, the systems the Ukrainians had asked for, they haven't asked for our soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines. They've simply asked us to provide them with the tools to protect their own sovereignty. And intelligence sharing is vitally important to the Ukrainians. I've watched the administration get better over these last weeks. I, I applaud them for that. But more, faster, and the right systems will be an absolute imperative to protect the Ukrainian people to the maximum extent possible and reduce the further horrors that Vladimir Putin intends to inflict.
1: You know, after... Incidents like this, of course, we go back to World War II, the, the Nazis, and we, you know, we hear the phrase never again. Um, but here we find ourselves once again. We, in fact, we saw it uh, in, the, in the Obama administration with the Yazidis. And we see this uh, genocide that's taking place. Of course, uh, the Trump administration, under your leadership in the sec- as Secretary of State, declared what was happening in China as genocide with the Uyghurs. But but there's something we can do. I mean, I'm not advocating that we send troops in. And as you said, uh, President Zelensky is not asking for that. But a strong America leads to a safer world, does it not?
3: No, Tony, every, every time. And I think the American people can now plainly see that what happens in places like Kiev or Beijing doesn't stay in those places. Right. From Beijing, we get the Wuhan virus and from Kiev and Vladimir Putin, we now get uh, America are going to pay more for food and more supply chain disruption and a real risk to instability and brought more broadly in the West and Europe as well. You no, know, a strong America matters. These countries all are counting on us to get it right. It's it's why we work so hard on religious freedom issues, because those nations with more religious freedom are stronger. It's why we were demanding that NATO be prepared to spend more of its money, NATO nations to spend more of their money to defend themselves And while we were working so hard to produce American energy for export to these places so they wouldn't be under the the thumb of Vladimir Putin and his coercive use of energy in places like Germany and France and Ukraine, you know, the French Germans are still underwriting Russia, even as we sit here today. So, yes, the United States needs to lead. We could do more. We can open up the American economy in ways that would importantly provide real support for the Ukrainians and the tools they need to defend themselves.
1: Uh, Mr. Secretary, I want to shift gears just a little bit because I don't want to be myopic and focusing just on Ukraine as, as significant as that is. But I think we have to be wide eyed looking in our peripheral vision as to what else is happening internationally and who is taking their cues from how we are responding, whether we're responding in the right way. What are those other threats out there that we need to be looking at right now?
3: Tony, we've seen just in the last few weeks, there hasn't been much reporting because Ukraine's been so front and center. Just in the last few weeks, the North Koreans have begun to launch longer and more frequent missiles, something that they didn't do for the last three years of the Trump administration. Uh, Chairman Kim's watching American weakness. Uh, I can assure you that Xi Jinping is watching this too. The Chinese Communist Party knows that there's a potential window where They can take actions that might not get a strong, resolved response from the United States of America. Those are adversaries. Our friends are watching too. They're questioning whether the United States will do the things it promised it would do. We, you'll recall, we'd made a commitment back in the early '90s to Ukraine to support them if they gave up their nuclear weapons. I wonder if every other country in the world is not wondering whether America, under the leadership of President Biden, is prepared to walk away from the most important commitments they have made to defend themselves here, ourselves here at home and to defend our and support our friends and partners around the world. Think of Japan and Australia and the Saudis and the Emiratis, good security partners. And then perhaps most certainly think of Israel that's watching us sit at the table with the Iranians, giving them billions of dollars in some new deal. Uh, I promise you the Israelis are wondering if America will actually stand up for our values and our Judeo-Christian tradition as well. Uh, Mr. Secretary, in the last few years,
1: obviously, we've been talking about foreign policy issues, religious freedom internationally, because that's where you've been. You've been at the tip of the spear. But, of course, we've known each other a lot longer. Your time in Congress, uh, you had a full portfolio, not just the foreign policy issues, but the domestic issues. And we've seen a lot happen, uh, especially just in the last 14 months under this administration, where we've seen a more aggressive corporate America advancing the left's Social agenda, but still, you know, looking to Republicans for favorable tax policy. But it looks like we might be coming to that point where Republicans are splitting uh, with corporate America and carrying their water. Um, What do you make of what we see happening in Florida with Disney? What we see happening, you know, last year we saw with Coca Cola in Georgia, Delta. What do you make of that?
3: These private businesses ought to mind the, to their own business, <laughs> get out of picking up the agenda for the woke left because a handful of employees signed petitions or letters or threatened to walk out. They should tell them, if you want to walk out for that, knock yourself out, walk on out. They should do the things that they're supposed to do to create prosperity and wealth. That's the mission set. And when they don't, uh, those of us who have conservative beliefs should demand uh, that they begin to change their ways. I'm, I'm thrilled by what we're seeing happen all across America. I think. I think you could see that this corporate leftist ideology, it's not just uh, the things we're seeing in Florida, but think of the ESG rules that are imposing enormous costs on ordinary families all across America under the the guise of climate change. You have big corporate companies, our biggest banks in America now putting these rules in place that are going to destroy families and destroy lives and drive up costs. We can do better than America and Republicans should demand that we hold accountable those corporate leaders that are taking America in the direction that's just simply inconsistent with who we are as conservatives and as Republicans. Could not agree
1: more. In fact, I think this day has been long in coming, and I'm grateful uh, for one to see it. And I hope there may be a a corporate course correction as a result of even stockholders uh, weighing in. Mike Pompeo, always great to see you, my friend. Thanks so much for joining us. Tony, great to be with you, sir. Have a good day. All right, folks, stick with us because coming up, we're going to continue this conversation. My good friend, Congressman Steve Scalise of Louisiana joins me because he's holding the Business Roundtable accountable for wanting to drive up your energy costs. That's next. Don't go away.
4: Are you struggling to spend consistent time in God's word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading with an intentional focus of diving deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues. By studying the Bible, we can see the grandeur of God unfold throughout the past. The Stand on the Word reading plan takes you through daily scripture in an engaging manner to help you stay grounded in God's truth. All wisdom comes from God. And he has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you every Sunday with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. With the current division and confusion of our culture, it is so important for Christians to root ourselves in the truth of God's Word so that we are prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. For this purpose, Family Research Council launched the Center for Biblical Worldview. The center applies the Bible and the historical teachings of the Church to current issues. This helps Christians understand and live by a biblical worldview, know why scripture must be authoritative, and equips believers to advance and defend the faith in workplaces, schools, communities, and the public square. The experts at the center address and provide resources on issues like religious liberty, abortion, voting, marriage, and sexuality. To access free resources like the Biblical Worldview series, go to frc.org slash worldview. To get highlights of the latest work of the Worldview Fellows, including blogs, interviews, and publications, sign up at frc.org slash subscriptions.
5: to 67742.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host Tony Perkins. So good to have you with us on this Friday afternoon. The website tonyperkins.com Earlier this week, the Business Roundtable, the lobbyist group representing big business with a board of directors from companies like Walmart, Apple, GM, major financial institutions, and and many others, decided that uh, consumers, that means you, aren't paying enough in energy taxes. And the solution for our flagging economy is to hike these taxes for average, average Americans. They are billing it as, quote, a price on carbon. But that clearly means new federal taxes on energy paid by, guess who, consumers. Fortunately, congressional Republicans are calling this for what it is. And I'm joined now by phone by one of the most outspoken opponents, Republican House Whip Steve Scalise. He's a member of the House Energy and Commerce Committee. He represents Louisiana's first congressional district. Steve, welcome back to the program.
6: Tony, always great to be with you. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, first off, I mean, just how tone deaf is the business roundtable? If they're deciding right now when Americans are paying a historic price at the pump, they're paying historic prices for all energy, uh, they want to raise taxes on energy? What's this about?
6: Yeah, Tony, and in fact, that's exactly what I call the tone deaf. Uh, as well as is really harmful to working families. I mean, families are already struggling from inflation, uh, from high gas prices, all because of the real far-left Biden and Pelosi agenda. The last thing we need is a national energy tax, and of all people, to be coming from a business group. And so I, I f- felt it was really strong and, and important, as well as uh, my heat uh, team, the House Energy Action Team co-chairs, Jeff Duncan from South Carolina and Mark Wayne Mullen from Oklahoma, You know, we wanted to send out a strong statement to say this isn't the right approach. You know, having a national energy tax is actually going to make things worse. We should be focused on what we can do to get the economy back on track, to lower inflation, to lower gas prices. And frankly, it involves more American energy, not taxing American energy.
1: So let me just jump right to the heart of this, Congressman Scalise. Is this not big business with this virtual virtue signaling to the left on climate change?
6: Yeah, and we've seen this from, from some other organizations as well. Again, primarily the very large, super large corporations. Not, you know, your, your mom and pop small businesses, your medium sized businesses, they don't want a national energy tax. They don't want higher tax rates at all because they're barely struggling to get by. They can't find workers. They're competing against the federal government for who's paying people not to work. They've got mountains of new regulations coming at them from the Biden administration, and yet they're, they're almost trying to just kind of play in both camps. You know, we'll be a little bit pro-business and we'll be a little bit pro-socialist and, and kind of give a bow to uh, some of the Biden administration's most far-left radical supporters. You can't do both because they, they hate right. these businesses anyway. The far left hates every industry. They're going after the energy industry, uh, the banks, the you know, you name the industry, they're going after them and the, with higher regulations and higher taxes. We don't need more of that.
1: You know, full disclosure here, uh, you know, Steve, you and I go way back. In fact, you and I were elected the same time in Louisiana back in 1996. And I think if we went back and looked at the record, you and I were probably at the top of the list in terms of having a pro-business record from uh, what was uh, LABI back in Louisiana and, and I've long been I mean the reason we're free market people we believe that the market works if you have fewer taxes less regulation but what we've seen over the last 20 years is that we've seen increasingly a business embracing the left social policy but then turning to Republicans for favorable tax and regulatory policy and it looks like to me that this uh, finally th- there's a break taking place between re- Republicans and big business. We just can't go along with their policies any longer.
6: And, Tony, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It is it is a shift. It's not something that's always been the case. But we're starting to see it with with the wokeism. Okay, and and look, woke corporate CEOs. There's more of them. They're they're in kind of injecting themselves into these boards. You're getting a lot of these radical activists that are getting on boards of major corporations. And they're putting pressure on those corporations to go against the very things that those corporations do. You know, big energy companies, they're trying to get the energy companies to be anti-energy. And they've actually infiltrated some of those boards to the point where the CEOs are saying things that would, it's not like they're for saving the planet. They talk about global warming and climate change, but the policies actually make it harder to produce energy in America, but make us reliant on countries like Russia, you know, dictators uh, giving money to Putin, giving money to Iran and Venezuela, who emit more carbon. And so all you do is crush American jobs. It hurts the hardworking families of this country. And we've got to be vocal against it, Tony, because as I mean, you and I both were in the legislature, we're pro-business and pro-free market. We want opportunity for everybody. If a woke CEO wants to crush his smaller competition, the little guy, the medium-sized business, no better way to do it than to put mountains of regulations that only businesses, big businesses, can comply with. The right. little businesses go under. That's what we've got to stand up for. We've got to fight for opportunity for everybody. And if some corporations want to have crony capitalism and, and give themselves an advantage at the expense of their, cap, their their competitor, that's not what I'm about. I'm about opportunity for everybody, big, medium, or small business – Anybody who wants to create jobs and opportunity, go get it. But don't try to promote yourself at the expense of somebody else.
1: Yeah, so, so true. In fact, if you step back and you look at who actually produces the most jobs collectively, it is small to medium business. It's not the big guys. I know the big guys have those big payrolls. But when you look across the country, the number of small businesses and what they generate, and you're absolutely right, they're put at a disadvantage by these taxes and regulatory policies that the uh, big corporations are okay with. But even even they have a line, and I think it's going to be a new day when they have to turn to the left and ask for tax policies because I don't think the left's going to be too sympathetic, quite frankly. Yeah,
6: the left wants to put them all out of business, and it's that old adage, you know, do you want to be at the table or on the menu? And some people think, well, if, if I'm sitting at the table, kind of playing, you know, playing socialism light, they'll leave me alone. They're not. They still want to carve up the big businesses too. They hate all of those big corporations as well as small businesses. And right. so to think, well, you know, some of these big businesses will just throw in with with, with the left, thinking that they're going to be protected. Uh, it only crushes everybody. It's crushing the hardworking families, the rich people you know, left and right are going to figure out a way through it. It's the middle class and lower income families who are getting crushed by all these high energy taxes. You know, the pain at the pump from Biden shutting down American energy, uh, that's hitting the low income families the hardest. We don't need an additional energy tax on top of it.
1: Well, Steve Scalise, we appreciate you standing up and challenging these uh, policy pushes of the left. And always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for being with us today. Stick with us, folks. We're coming back with more right after this.
2: What is religious liberty and why should you care about it? Simply put, religious liberty is the freedom to choose your religious beliefs and to live according to those beliefs. Why should we care about this freedom? At Findlay Research Council, we care about religious freedom because we believe that it is an inherent human right that all governments have an obligation to protect. Tragically, not all governments do. Religious persecution is a tragic reality around the world that is not often acknowledged by the media, even though attacks on people of all faiths continue to increase globally. In scripture, God calls Christians to pray and care for the persecuted church, the downtrodden, and those who cannot help themselves. Therefore, we must be advocates for those persecuted for their faith. To access Family Research Council's latest resources and to learn more about religious freedom and what you can do to help the persecuted, go to frc.org slash
7: Do you want to be able to stay up to date on conservative news? Are you looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged? Then download Family Research Council's Stand Firm app. by contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you. Visit the App Store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app.
1: This is Washington Watch, and I'm Tony Perkins, your host. The website is tonyperkins.com. Lots of resources there for you. I encourage you to check it out. Again, that's tonyperkins.com. On Wednesday, the California Assembly's Health Committee voted 11 to 3 to advance Assembly Bill 2223, which could effectively legalize, and don't miss this, the killing of newborn babies, as it uh, prevents liability if an infant dies during the Um, perinatal period due to a pregnancy-related cause. The National Center on Health Statistics defines the perinatal period as being between 28 weeks of gestation and seven days after birth. As the committee considered the bill on Tuesday, thousands of pro-lifers rallied in front of California's state capitol to stand up and speak out for life, including my next guest, who helped organize the event, and then testified at the Assembly Health Committee hearing. Joining me now to talk about this bill and California's efforts to stand against infanticide is Pastor Jack Hibbs, senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Chino Hills in California. Pastor Jack, what's happening out there in California?
0: Well, Tony, more more organized lunacy. Uh, However, now it's reached the point where uh, this could be the camel, so to uh, the, the the straw that breaks the camel's back, so to speak, Tony. This is unbelievable legislation that 's passed through the Judiciary committee now it 's passed through the health committee it 's going to uh, appear soon before the appropriations, but then it goes to the Senate, and uh, that 's where we get to renew our fight, Tony, as pastors in California, as Christians, and for that matter, I have been calling upon Muslims, Jews, imams, and rabbis to join us. Uh, this is absolutely unbelievable. You, you said it right. However, I must, I must say that during testifying, uh, the physician that was testifying with me said that in this case, it's up to 28 days after birth, Tony. The it's it's mentioned as uh perinatal death. And uh that's the word that the author inserted because she was getting hammered over the term infanticide. The Democrats in Sacramento won't use the word. They won't let it be mentioned. They're, they they get rabid over that. And yet you can't escape it. It's a murder. And, uh, Tony, I'm excited because the uh, law enforcement associations in California are now assembling on how they can fight against the bill also because it affects their job.
1: This is... This is really hard to believe that we're actually, of course, they're they're defending, saying this is not what it does. Uh, this simply protects someone from being. And they use an example of, uh, you know, someone that's taking drugs and the baby dies as a result of the drug use. But, but where do you draw the line in society that we're, we're now saying that a, a child can die after birth or be killed after birth and no one will be held accountable? Where, where do we draw the line?
0: You hit the nail on the head, and you know what? This is the this is the standard uh, Democrat operating procedure for California. They take one event that may or may not be true. Buffy Wicks of of Oakland's, the author of the bill, she got up to the podium and said she has a friend who was investigated and made, and she felt embarrassed and ashamed because her life was investigated after her child was born a stillbirth, and she goes, that's inspired me to author this bill. That is one situation that they're using and to leverage the killing of babies. I mean, what is, what's the reason? What's the purpose? Who benefits from the murdering of a child, uh, after birth? And the, the shocker is, Tony, are you sitting down? The shocker is the legislation says that you cannot allow any examination. There's no autopsy. There's no investigation. So, for example, the number one crime, uh, uh, child crime investigator who's on our team for 32 years has been doing this in Los Angeles County is saying our hands would be tied to investigate an 11-day-old child found dead, eight, eight 18 days, eight hours. They're just tied. And Tony, it's literally a a hall pass, a free pass for murder. And uh, I had enough. I got to tell you, during testimony, I closed my final remark by saying to the assembly that if they went forward to pass this bill, that the God of heaven would view them as being authors of premeditated murder. And that's exactly what it is. I've not yet had one person, attorney, or anyone else say that it would not be premeditated murder. It's the killing of a human outside the womb up to possibly 28 days.
1: Yeah, this is shocking. And and to your point earlier, we don't make public policy based upon one experience or one scenario. We make it based upon what we know to be beneficial for all of society based upon, in times past, transcendent truth. Uh, and, And this, there's nothing clearer than this than the sanctity of human life. And I would think, Pastor Jack, I know you had thousands that turned out for the rally there, but I would think that this is a line too far for any pastor who believes the Bible in California, and they should be standing.
0: Well, Tony, I'm going to ask you guys to all pray for us, because uh, just over 3,000 people showed up, and I asked for a show of hands of how many were pastors. We had seven hands go up, Tony. We had seven hands go up in in a state of 40 million people, and tens of thousands of churches this has got to change
1: it does and we're going to help you do that uh, we're out of time now but we're going to return to this as it moves to the uh, to the senate and help rally those pastors out there because this is this is a red line that we cannot cross pastor jack appreciate your leadership and uh, thanks so much for joining us today thank you tony all right, folks, uh, on the other side of the break, we're going to return to our conversation about big business and the left and how there's a split coming between Republicans and big business. Don't go away. More Washington Watch after this.
7: Do you want to be able to stay up to date on conservative news? Are you looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged? Then download Family Research Council Stand Firm app. By contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you, visit the App Store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app.
2: What is religious liberty and why should you care about it? Simply put, religious liberty is the freedom to choose your religious beliefs and to live according to those beliefs.
8: Visit FRC.org slash internships to apply.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. All right, the magic is about gone between corporate America and conservatives. We're going to talk about that in just a moment with former Virginia Congressman Dave Bratt, now dean at the Liberty School of Business, but first, some important policy developments, uh, especially for our friends in Missouri. Now, last year, you'll remember that Arkansas became the first state in the nation to pass comprehensive legislation to protect vulnerable minors, children of the age of 18, from experimental gender transition procedures while also ensuring that government never uses your tax dollars to pay for these experiments that will damage the lives of the next generation. Well, Family Research Council has been a strong advocate for legislation like Arkansas's Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act, or SAFE Act for short. And we're now working in Missouri where a version of the SAFE Act is currently being considered. Join me now to discuss the importance of the SAFE Act and give us a readout on the status there in Missouri is Arkansas State Representative Robin Lundstrom, who has been in Missouri working with lawmakers there. Uh, Representative Lundstrom, welcome back to the program.
9: Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Um, yes, I've been on the ground in Missouri and we have some legislators that are working very hard there to pass the SAFE Act and they need some help from Missourians on the ground.
1: Well, let's talk about that first. Uh, any Is there any difference between Arkansas's uh, SAFE Act and Missouri's SAFE Act?
9: They had to modify it just a tiny bit to make it match Missouri law as far as um, ability to sue after five years. Missouri has some differences, but it's very close to the Arkansas law, and I think they've done a good job. Now it's just a matter of getting it out of the General Laws Committee, and that vote happens Monday night at 6 o'clock. So it's critical that Missouri acts now, and it's also waiting on the Senate floor to be brought up for a vote. And um, we need folks in Missouri to be calling their senators and saying, why aren't we voting for the SAFE Act? We've got to protect children. And we need Missouri folks to be calling their House reps.
1: So the bill, uh, as I understand it, uh, there'll be a vote in the House committee on uh, Monday. Is that correct?
9: Yes, sir. Monday at 6 o'clock in the General Laws Committee, they will vote whether or not to send this to the House floor. And we need folks in Missouri to be calling their state reps in general law and saying, we've got your back. Please vote for the SAFE Act.
1: So I, I think, as, as I've been informed, there's a there's a couple that are actually supporting the bill uh, that we know, uh, Bill Hardwick, uh, Brad Pollet, uh, but then there are some that are unknown, Josh uh, Holbert, uh, I believe, yep. and uh, in fact his his phone number is, uh, by the way, if you're in Missouri, here's his phone number five seven three seven five one nine seven six zero. This will all be at the website tonyperkins.com as well. And there's some that have they come out opposed to this bill?
9: Yes, I think every Democrat on that committee has come out opposed to that bill. And the Republicans have, um, they've either said they're going to support it or they're a little uncomfortable. And so they need some encouragement and to know the people back home. As you know, when you get in the Capitol, liberals sometimes have a very loud voice and it gets to be in that echo chamber. But when you get back home, common sense prevails. So they need to hear from people back home where common sense is in good supply. So they're back home this weekend, and they need to hear from people.
1: Absolutely. I can tell you from experience that hearing from your constituents, number one, when you're prone to do the right thing, it's encouraging. uh, But Mm -hmm. it's also good, I know, for those who might be inclined to do the wrong thing to hear from their constituents. And this is an important measure. And as uh, Robin, as I understand it, the Senate's kind of waiting to see what the House does with this before they move forward.
9: Actually, uh, they both they run the bills uh, in tandem and the Senate. It's great that it's gotten to the Senate calendar, but it's way down on the calendar. They really don't want to have to deal with this. And it needs to be pushed up the calendar. We've got a great Senate sponsor in Mike Moon. There are some senators that have some courage, and I think they would vote for it if it came to the floor. There are some senators that would like to see this killed, and um, there they plan on filibustering. And that's kind of sad that they are planning on filibustering. So I think the Republicans have the votes, and I think there are one or two Democrats that might go along or might back up if they got some pressure from home. So it's time for Missourians to speak
1: up. Well, Robin, we appreciate all that you've been doing, uh, not only in Missouri, but really across the country, helping other legislators move forward as you had the first SAFE Act passed there in Arkansas successfully. And so we're, I'm going to encourage folks in Missis, in Missouri, and we have lots of listeners in Missouri, uh, to go to the website, TonyPerkins.com, and get the uh, the talking points, the action items. And, uh, and weigh in between now and 6 p.m. on Monday. And thanks so much for uh, joining us on this Friday afternoon.
9: Well, thank you. And thank you for all you're doing to save families in Arkansas. It makes a big difference, and I'm, I'm just honored to be involved.
1: Well, you're doing a great job, and uh, we appreciate you. And lawmakers like Robin all across this country, we need to uh, stand with him and encourage him. So if you're in Missouri, this is the time to act. As I said, our republic is only for participants, not spectators. All right, it only works when you're involved. So go to TonyPerkins.com. I've got the list of lawmakers there. Call them. Weigh in with them over the weekend. All right, it used to be that corporations found refuge uh, from Republican lawmakers for favorable tax structures and favorable regulatory policies. But as more corporations have decided to embrace the left's policies on issues like election reform or parental rights. question is, have we come to the end of that relationship? Um, Quite frankly, I think it's past due. I think what we're seeing in Florida with the Disney Corporation is a prominent example. In fact, it's a classic example. It is the most prominent when you look at... You have a, a state that was passing a piece of legislation, the parental rights and education bill, and Disney, woke corporation, weighs in saying, ah, bad policy, we're not going to give money to lawmakers. In fact, we're going to challenge it in court, and we're going to stop it. We're going to undo the law. Look, why don't they just entertain people? But no, they want to get involved in policy. And so now Florida lawmakers have passed legislation this week to revoke Disney's special self-governing status in the state i think again i think we're finally seeing the end of this alliance between big business and conservatives and frankly i think it's a good thing with me now to talk about this dr dave bratt dean at liberty's university school of business and a former member of congress from virginia dr bratt welcome back to the program
10: hey thanks for having me on tony
1: So have we come to the big split? Are we finally seeing Republicans and conservatives saying, you know what, we've been used by business long enough. We've been giving them their favorable tax policy. We've been trying to keep down regulations. But they keep beating us over the head with the left social policies.
10: Yeah, yeah, I I think it's kind of the distinction, you know, Adam Smith uh, had uh, going way back. Uh, The Republican Party is still the party of the small business person and competitive free markets uh but we're turning against the oligarchs and those uh, who just tried to use crony capitalism uh to work their special benefits which actually end up hurting the american people and uh so we you, you know in in the last 4 or so years we we turned that far. but now you the, the the left right these are no longer uh john stuart millian on liberty uh liberals or, or madisonian liberals right this is the woke left now and I think what got uh, Governor DeSantis uh, really lit uh, was the left uh, not only wants to get involved in politics, which is fine, you know, neutrally construed, but but they're gaslighting uh, and they're charging the governor with saying all sorts of things he's never said. Uh, and if you're a creature of the swamp like I am, and you know how it works, too, the, it, it's not new to us, but... Uh, the, the degree and severity has just become awful, right? They, they accuse you of being against equal voting rights, which is just absurd. Uh, they accuse you of being anti-democracy or against, uh, you know, races or sexes or whatever. It's just the, you know, it's the, the new Marxist tactics, the, the neo-Marxist of putting everyone in buckets and separating the country. But I, I think they're running into tough times. Uh, because uh, in Virginia, you saw the last uh, election uh, when they do that, and they and they hit the moms, and they're grooming these kids in schools on this controversial stuff. Uh, the left can gaslight and threaten and cancel you as much as you want, but now uh, they've they've went way over the line, and so the American people are waking up, and uh, Christians are usually too innocent, right? When they get gaslit, they don't even know what hit them. It's like a Mack truck hit them. And it takes them a while to go. Wow, that I think that was evil. I you know I I, I don't want to say that even, but I I think that was evil. And uh, so now the uh, the Christians are waking up. And they're going, hey, uh, I went back to the good book. Uh, I I reviewed my good and evil, and uh, that's what it looks like.
1: I I think we're at a tipping point. And I was talking earlier with uh, Steve Scalise. Uh, he, he and I served in the Louisiana legislature together, and I think both of us were really at the top of the list of the business group in terms of favorable uh, uh, views from business because we're free market, as you said. We're for free market. But what we're seeing increasingly is big business wants special carve-outs, like we saw here with Disney. They want this uh, something that medium-sized and small businesses don't get. We're still for free markets, but we're not going to carry the water for big business if they're going to carry the water for the left. And and I I want to quote from Tim Doyle. He's the chairman. Uh, I mean, the uh, spokesman for the Chamber of Commerce, and this is what he said, uh, speaking back against what was happening in Disney and elsewhere with Republicans pushing back on the left. He says this: "It is the chamber's long-held position that policymakers should judge policies on the merits of the policy and what is good for increasing prosperity for their constituents and the nation." End quote. Well, what if they followed that uh, line of reasoning and they just did business instead of pushing radical social policy? Don't you think America, America's corporations would be better off?
10: Yeah, no, absolutely correct. And I was shocked that McCarthy came out and uh, said the chamber left us. We didn't leave the chamber. Uh, The chamber left us. They've been backing these uh, woke uh, Democrats. And uh, now... Uh, it takes years uh, for that policy to unwind, but now, now you're seeing the 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 results of energy uh, independence, and we that 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 energy is not just about the cost to us, which are devastating, but we've we've now thrown Russia into the arms of China. This is real existential serious business. And uh, if the chamber doesn't get that that has to do with future prosperity, I, I can't help them, right? They've lost their, their analytical marbles. Uh, and then on top of it, now India, we forced them into a terrible position. And uh, that's just at the, at the most serious uh, international levels. Uh, but now Germany's in a terrible position, and uh, the chamber's nowhere to be found, right? And then also, uh, when, when we had riots across all the U.S. cities, uh, you didn't see the chamber weighing in. Hey, th- these riots are probably not good for our, you know, long-term prosperity, uh, and and just the leftist woke stuff on education. The chamber should be weighing on human capital development, uh, getting uh, Boy, children you, you, that they get with workforce you, skills that enrich all of kn- us.
1: You know what the chamber is doing? The chamber is actually. Going back and preserving the graffiti that was done by right. Black Lives Matter during the rioting and saying, well, this is cultural heritage. And so they're preserving that. That's what they're doing in response to that. But I, I, I want to talk from a, a positive standpoint, yeah. uh, Dr. Bratt, that this could be a course correction. And that's why I think it's, yeah. you know, sometimes you've got to have tough love. You yeah. know, we're not changing our principles when it comes to the market. We're still free market yeah. conservatives. We want to see everyone have the opportunity for success. But we're not going to walk in partnership with you if you're going to hammer us and push all this garbage from the left. But here's what's happening with Disney. Uh, just overnight, since uh, the, 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 the legislature there in Florida passed this uh, provision stripping away these special rights for Disney, their stock's dropped another 2%. They've dropped in total 30%. They're the worst-performing wow. stock on the uh, Dow Jones uh, this year. So maybe, maybe these corporations, when they start doing this and they start losing dollars and they when they're not making sense, that their stockholders will hold them accountable and there'll be a course correction.
10: Yeah, no, no, that that's right. Uh, the uh, I, I saw a, a, a another shocking uh, instance come across the screen the other night on Tucker after the 0708 financial crisis. Uh, it's like a hockey stick and the new york times and the washington post all of a sudden started messaging on race and racism right then and so there's been a coordinated attack by the oligarchs who own of course all the uh, mainstream media uh, the big money uh, has been doing uh, uh, the esg stuff the marxist stuff in the schools and pushing this whole line uh, because they want their hooks into china they want another 20 trillion dollar market uh, but as you as you've shown and and we've been saying the uh, the left has now gone way over the uh, the marker in the sand, and so the American people now are are, are seeing the, the the country has been decimated. Right, the 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 uh, the, the laptop uh, story is out and validated. The 50 folks in the State Department that signed on to that from the CIA, the FBI, the State Department, the Department of Injustice. Uh, all have been shown to be corrupt and made serious lies uh, over the past four years. Uh, the Russia hoax thing was a, a fraud, and so from the elites uh, all the way down, right? And 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 the, the there's a guy at uh, Yale, I think uh, Jeffrey Sonnenfeld. He's got a list of five hundred of uh, the woke uh, Fortune five hundred companies that he keeps a list of, and uh, it's been it's been entertaining in in a sad way. I shouldn't laugh. Uh, but yeah. now the CEOs have come out and acknowledged, hey, uh, you know, this Russia, they might uh, not be morally good. They might be bad. Bad guys. They're bad. <laughs> you know, which is just uh, shocking. What? And China's next. But the same logic News is for them to see now, right? Newsflash. Yeah. China, the same logic as China, but they won't get near that one. Too
1: much money. Dave, is. <laughs> Dave we're out of we're out of time. We've got to leave yeah. it there. Always great to I, talk with you. you and too. Uh, folks, you. we're going to continue we're going to continue on this, I'm sure, in the days ahead. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great weekend. Until next time, you know what to do. When you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep Washington standing.
0: Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported.